Welcome to the Money Over 50 podcast, brought to you by Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue from Money Over 50 Financial Advisors. This information is general in nature and does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Therefore, you should consider whether the information is appropriate for you and your personal circumstances. If you require personal advice, please contact Money Over 50 Financial Advisors. Here are your hosts, Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. Welcome to Money Over 50 with Dallas and Michael. Today, Dallas, we're here to talk about owning companies forever and living off the dividends. Thanks, Michael. The, uh, my, my inspiration for this was a thing that I read a while ago that basically said the, the problem that we have lead time is that we've got a lump sum of money and we have to somehow get an income stream out of that for 30 years. So you get to retirement at 65, you got one and a half million dollars, you need to draw $80,000 a year or $75,000 a year out of that adjusted for inflation for 30 years. So it's, it is a very hard problem if you look at it from a portfolio theory um, point of view because you go, well, you know, I could be invested in growth assets, but they're, you know, they're more volatile. And if I have to draw out income while my balance is down, or if I move that money into more stable assets, it's not going to return enough. And I'm going to run out of money in later years. And then, and then we we listened, we had a conference the other day, and one of the phrases that that the, that the guy used that I thought that just resonated where I went. We're overcomplicating this, even when we when we explain it to clients, is that it's not that hard. It's really not that complicated. All you do is you own companies forever, and you live off the dividends. That's it. Do you know there's never been a period of time in the last thirty years, and even beyond that? where a dividend mean paid by companies. And most years, the dividend has yeah. actually grown to a, 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 yeah. a new high yeah. or at the very least only dropped a small amount or stayed flat yeah. whilst even the global financial crisis was going on and things like that. Now, the, the audience, you're probably listening to me going, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> um, we're going to have to back up here and explain. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so, so think for a moment. I'm going to take my time here. You so don't I'll butt in, Dallas. No, I, I can't. I go on a roll here for five minutes. So the analogy that I, want to, that I want to use: think of the dividend like the rent. If you owned a commercial building, the rent that you get is is the income that you get. Now, pay attention to this: the building pays out 100 percent of its profit as rent. So what happens? You own a commercial building. Um, you have tenants in there, they pay you $30,000 a year of yep. rent. Now, should should the price of that building fall the following year, which which can and does happen? Yeah, so those valuations can fluctuate. The valuations of the building itself? Yeah. Let's say the building's worth six hundred grand. Um, if that building fell in value to $500,000 the following year, yep. you would still receive the $30,000 of rent. That's yep. your income. Yeah. Unless the tenants went yep. bankrupt or, yep. and, and didn't pay that. Um, companies work similarly, yeah. but vastly different. If that's yeah. if, that, <laughs> if, that, if that can be used in a sentence, so Australian companies typically, and I, 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 I'm going to say here, this is just an approximation. I don't want to get in trouble with ASIC or anyone like that. <laughs> Australian there'll be, there'll be a headline: Local financial advisor promises that companies pay out. This is no promise. This is just a simple. Yeah. Ex- so Australian companies typically pay out fifty percent. 
of their profits yep, in the form of a yeah, dividend, yep. which is vastly different from property. Yes. Because what happens yep. with property yep. is that it pays out 100% of the profits yep. as or rent. So um, if, if I'm getting, if I have a bundle of Australian companies yep. and I'm getting a $30,000 dividend yep. income, that is typically, even though I'm spending the same income yep. as I did with the property, it's typically only half of the profits. Yes. What happens, and, and, and similar to the property, the share prices of those companies can fall. Yeah. However, um, collectively, those companies still make a profit if I'm spreading and diversified yeah. enough. So even in the global financial crisis, um, as the price of companies was roaring back by 57%, yeah. they were still making profits. Yes. Therefore, as a shareholder, I yeah. still received a dividend. And that's, yeah. Now, now, um, Again, digressing here, and I, I, I'm sorry if I steal your thunder here at all, but we'll talk more about this. Yeah. What do they do with the other half of the profits? Yeah. So for every $30,000 they pay me, they put $30,000 on average back into the business. And the analogy that I'd use is Woolworths. So Woolworths back in 1925 started with five supermarkets and over a period of some almost 100 years, they've grown from five supermarkets yeah. to over 1,000 supermarkets. Yeah just purely by putting back half the profits every yes. year. And and again, I don't want to get into trouble with ASIC. No. Some years... So what you're saying is buy Woolworth shares. So it doesn't take... Yeah. So, so the building that I own in the commercial property rent yeah. example, in 30 years' time, it's going to be the same building. Yes. It, it, it's not going to grow arms and legs and it's not going to grow because it's paying out... Yes. 100% of the profit. And this is, With the companies yeah. that I have, I get $30,000. They've changed dramatically in 30 years. They've, yes. they've reinvested half of the profits yeah. that they've made. They've paid out half as a dividend. They've reinvested half. So, so that's turned into a vastly greater enterprise yes. in 30 years' time because of that very reason. So my dividend grows and that's, in that situation. That, that's exactly what we're talking about there, where if you look at the... Yeah, um, podcast about protecting your purchasing power not your principal. If you look at the problem, the hardest problem in finance of how to draw a rising income stream out of, out of your lump sum retirement savings, the, the thing that you would want there is that you, you, what you need is you need the enterprise, you need the businesses that you are invested into to be growing over time. You need their earnings or their profits to be increasing gradually over time. Yep. And, you need, and because of that, the dividend that you receive will go up over time. So you, you've essentially matched, you've matched what you're invested into to the problem that you have, which is that everything gets a bit more expensive every year in retirement. You need yep. a little bit more money every year. Hey, here's an asset that you can own that will, over time, pay you a higher income stream each year. I have the figures for that too. Yeah. So if you retired in 1990, yep. and again, I, I, I don't want to get in trouble yep. by, by promising anything, and there's all different companies that we've used here. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're broadly diversified. And these figures, I've actually dialed back yeah. quite a big percentage yeah. just to make sure, yeah. to give myself, yeah. to give myself a, a margin of safety. Yeah. So if you had enough to receive a $30,000 dividend yeah. in 1990. Yeah. Which, um, which, so $30,000 income in 1990 is the equivalent of a $60,000 a year. Income, income now. Yeah. Yep. So if I had enough invested where I could purely live off the dividend yep. in 1990. Um, today, in 2020, yep. I'm getting $126,000 of dividend. Yep. And there's been no period, there's been not one year during that period of time where my 
uh, a dividend hasn't been paid. Yeah. Uh, the, di- the dividend has fallen because the profits of those companies has fallen yep. um, uh, a small amount in c- certain years and it's grown by large amounts in other years. Yep. But it's, it's, it's something that's been consistent even during global financial crises and things like that. Well, I think this is, this is my... Um, um, this is a way that I've explained this before to long-time listener of the podcast, Mullet from UK. <laughs> Thank you, um, If you think of there's two components that, that affect the valuation of a company or, or the share price, and the, as we said, that's what people get fixated on. There's the earnings that they make every year, and then there's a multiple of those earnings that people are willing to pay. Yep. So, for example, you might have a company that's making $100 million in, in earnings every year, mm. and it might the marketplace might be valuing it at a billion dollars. So it's basically saying... We, we think that company is worth about 10 times what it's earning each mm. year. In the same way that if you've got a commercial property that's you know, got a rental yield of $100,000 a year, it might be valued at a yeah. million dollars, that kind of thing. So what, you're, what I think you're touching on here, which is that if you've got a company that's making $100 million a year in, in earnings every year, what tends to happen is when we look at the GFC, for example, the earnings of that, the, the price of that, of yep. that company, its share price might have dropped by 50%. Yep. But it's not because the earnings dropped by 50%. No. It's because those multiples got squeezed down temporarily. And what you look at is, and what's what you're touching on is, the earnings may drop in the short term. It might, it yep. might instead of earning $100 million this year, it might earn $80 million this year. Mm. But it doesn't go from $100 million to $50 million. No. As a, as a rule, on average. What tends to happen is that squeezes down slightly. So your $100 million of earnings becomes $80 million of earnings. Yep. But what happens then is that people go, I'm not paying 10 times that. There's a panic. No. There's a big sale. And instead of hanging on to those shares and saying, well, we'll just take our $80 million worth of earnings this year instead of our $100 million, people run to the exits. They sell. That pushes down the multiple that buyers are willing to pay. Mm. And hey presto, it's now valued at five hundred million dollars, even though the earnings has only dropped slightly. So if you if you held your shares in that company the whole way through, that's what you're touching on. Your dividend your dividend yep. payer is slightly impacted by the earnings. It is, but it's it, nowhere near as badly impacted as as the capital balance or as the capital value of that investment. That's right. And here's the second part. So if I'm getting a thirty thousand dollar dividend in nineteen ninety. And in 2020, from the same bundle, this is important, it's the same bundle of shares yep. that I have in those companies. I have not accumulated one more share. Yep. The shares that I owned, yep. if I owned 100,000 shares yep. of all these great companies in 1990, in yep. 2020, I still own the same 100,000 shares. Yep. My dividend has increased from $30,000 a year yep. to $126,000 a year. Now, is it is it plausible that the price of those companies, which we haven't even looked at, might be, yeah. is lower yep. in 2020 no. than it is in 1990. It cannot. It cannot be. No. Because I was yeah. getting $30,000 a year. Yeah. Yeah. I'm now getting $126,000 a year. And that's an interesting one because you know, when we, if you bring it back to a property, for example, people can see that if I was getting $30,000 a year in rent and now I'm getting $120,000 a year in rent, yeah. the value of that property is going to go up probably by around four times, the same, the same as what my yield has gone up by. That, that, that's right. So we're worried about this, this valuation, this point in time of what is, you know, what is the CBA share price right now? What is the Woolworths share price right now? What we really should be worried about is over the next 30 years, is the profit that they pay out 
and, and is the earnings that they make every year and the dividend that they pay me, which is linked to that, yeah. is that going to rise over time and that's going to flow through? If that happens, the, the, the value of that company has to rise over time. It, 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 cannot, it cannot reduce while the earnings go up. And what gets a bit confusing, Dallas, is that inside superannuation, you actually don't see the dividends. No, right. so, so they're there. Yeah. Um, so what happens is your super fund, if that's invested, let's just, uh, for simplicity purposes, invested in the largest 200 companies in Australia. Yeah. Um, what happens is that those, uh, that larger super fund, which you're a, an owner of, yeah. um, it actually takes the dividends from those companies. So the companies yeah. that it owns, yeah. the 200 companies that it owns, I, I like it to pays think of it dividends. As the, as the checks, the dividend checks that the you used to get checks, in the old days. The checks get paid. Once, once, once every six months or once a quarter, whatever the dividend payout ratio is of these companies, NAB will send out its shareholders, probably yeah. won't send out a check, but yeah. they used to send out a check. Yeah. And the super fund's job is to collect that check collect on check. your behalf, deposit it in your account. Yeah. Now, what happens in reality, as you said, it's very different to that, but... That's effectively what's happening is that there is money that is getting mailed yeah. out to you. Yes. And, and, and getting credited and, to your account. So, so if we look at, I mean, I mean again, um, we're just looking at an example here. This is not a promise or anything like that. But if we look and assume that the over, overall rate of return of that super fund is going to be 8% per year yeah. from those, from uh, uh, from owning those 200 companies, yep. typically how that splits up is about half of that return, about 4% of that return is from the dividends. Yes. And about 4% of that return, the other half is from the share price increasing. Over the long term. Over the long term. Now, why does the share price increase? Because the company has held uh, half of the profits on average. And in the Woolworths example, they've grown over a period of 100 years from five supermarkets to 1,000 supermarkets. So, of course, the price of that enterprise goes up. And that's largely how it splits up. Now, what's difficult is that is that inside superannuation, you actually don't see the dividend come in. No. So when you get to retirement, um, another way to look at it is that is that if I'm if the dividend is an average of about four percent, yeah, and I have one point five million dollars in my in my superannuation, yeah, and again, not saying invest all that across yeah. the largest two hundred companies in Australia, but if I did, yeah. um, and I'm getting sixty thousand dollars of dividend, yeah. and if I can live off that dividend, yeah. I never have to sell a share. I never have to sell any of those shares yeah. because uh, I'm living off that dividend now. On average, because those companies have reinvested half of the profits, they paid me sixty thousand yeah. dollars for my bundle of shares. They've reinvested thousand on my behalf, the other yeah. half of the profits. What happens the following years? Because I get a, I get a larger dividend yes. because because yep. they've reinvested yep. some some yep. of the returns. So yep. um, talking about it, and it's taken us a long way to get there. No, but I, of course, but I think but, that, that is because we're we're guilty of the, we're just discussing. This, is we're guilty of saying you know an eight percent rate of return, and what mm. we what we're not um, what we're not going to is, is how that happens, and there's yep. no magic in that. Like anyone anyone who's um, seen a small business or has run a small business or even you know any sort of work for a medium business or a large business every year that entity makes money and it either pays out it, it, it has earnings yep and what it's trying to do over time is increase those earnings it's trying to make this, more money every year this is the way that I like to explain that 30 years ago yourself and your spouse came up with the notion that you would live off one person's wage and yep. you would save a person's wage yep 
So every single year for the last 30 years, you've lived off someone's wage, yeah. the member of the, yeah. the dividend. Yeah. You've yeah. spent that. Yeah. And you've you've saved someone's and wage yeah. and reinvested that back into your own personal enterprise and you've paid your mortgage off. You've yeah. put money into super. Yeah. Yeah. You've set up yeah. investments. Yeah. You're worth a hell of a lot more money now. Yes. By yeah. doing that. Yeah. Um, the profit that you're making now. Yeah is way, way bigger than it was 30 years ago. And that's by virtue of the fact that you've saved half of your income every single year, yep. reinvested, which is which has triggered passive income yes. for you. Yep. So that so that right now, um, yeah, yep. you're, you're in the position where you're earning a lot more money, yep. forgetting about your wages. Um, it's it's the money that you've earned from saving some, yep. you know, half of your household wages over that period of time. And that's that's... I think if we look at this in terms of, say, the most recent um, sort of panic, which was you know, the coronavirus panic in sort of February, March of this year, if you look at companies' earnings, they have been, they have been impacted by this pandemic. Like mm. that's, that's for sure. But it tends to be, and we're now getting more of a picture of, for a lot of companies, it's a, it's a drop in earnings or you know, their earnings has been really impacted for either three months or six months or potentially a year or two for the travel industry, yeah. things like that. But in a couple of years' time, a lot of those projections are now saying, well, in a year or two, their earnings are going to be back to where they were. Well, well, they generally are. And the reason is no one rakes up cash. The last time I checked, no one rakes up cash and sets fire to it. Yeah. So yeah. what you read in the newspaper is that a trillion dollars has been wiped out and yeah. you know, all yeah. of this. Yeah, it's not like the earnings the, of those. It, it's the, the, the money hasn't disappeared. Yeah. So the money that's getting circulated in a normal event yeah. in, the, in the economy, yeah. that hasn't gone anywhere. It's yeah. gone into hiding for yeah. a period of time. Yeah. Um, you may say, I have none of it, yeah. but, but, <laughs> but, but someone does. Yeah. So someone's got the money. Yeah. Um, and someone's sitting on the money. And I, yeah. I talked to a couple yesterday, and they said we've saved so much money during the yeah. during the pandemic. Um, we we feel like we've got cabin fever, but we've saved so much money because yeah. we haven't actually been able to spend it. Yeah. Um, so that money that money sits as an asset yeah. in someone yeah. on someone's balance sheet. Yeah. And, and and the reason that that when um, profits drop of of companies statistically. Um, they go through a, a significant period of growth yeah. just after that, yeah. and that's because the yeah. money comes out of hiding yeah. and, and 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 gets spent. Yes, um, right. after that, because no one's raking it up and setting fire to it. That's right, and that's where you'll see that the the earnings of these companies that might be slightly they they've been impacted in a quarter or in a half year or a year's results, and they're and they're on track to come back and and make the same amount of profit as they were before, if not more, as you say, when this money comes back out of hiding. What's happened is their earnings might have been slightly impacted. But if you if you charted that across their their share price, it's it's a, you can understand why people get get confused that the earnings doesn't fluctuate as much as that share price does. No, because no. between the twentieth of February and the twentieth of March, a lot of a lot of Australian companies their share price dropped by thirty five percent. That's right, yeah. And, and it's now recovered by 20%. And so you'd be looking at that going, oh, well, that's, that's a proxy for the earnings. It's actually not. It's got, it, it actually it has something to do with that, but it is not a, a proxy for what the earnings has been month to month. Isn't it funny when, people when human beings get involved, there's yeah. irrationality that yeah. comes yeah. out of it. So, so putting is quite a rational thing. Yeah. I am Woolworths. Yeah. I offer value add here yeah. because it's not economical for me to keep a cow yeah. in my yeah. backyard. Yeah. 
So I go to Woolworths, buy my groceries. That's yeah. a really rational thing. They yes. make a profit from that. Yeah. Um, that profit is relatively stable. Yeah. What's not stable is the share price. Yes, and the multiple where, that someone's willing to pay where, for where, that. Where earning. human beings push yeah. that around in yeah. the short term. And that's a really good example. Over the longer term, it's, it's completely predictable. Yeah. Yeah. So Woolworths uh, is a fantastic example of one where if you look at their share price, it's fluctuated a lot over the last six months. Mm. That makes no sense. No. Like, I'm not eating any less now than I was six months ago. No, no one I know is going to Woolworths, is ordering less food from Woolworths, in fact, no. probably more. Mm. But the share price has fluctuated wildly while the earnings has been relatively consistent. It just, yeah. it just makes, it, no. it makes no sense. And I mean, I know that the nitpickers are gonna go, well, Woolworths also consists of bottlers and all these different, which probably also making more money, but it also yeah. consists of pubs and things like that. But the point, the point I think remains, which is that if you look at the earnings that companies make over time, they are relatively consistent. They're consistent. And they are consistently going up over time. Now, if you then get distracted from that and look at share prices month to month or day to day, especially leading up to retirement, it is very easy to, to focus on the wrong thing and worry about what is, and you know, we talked about this with worrying about what is my super balance day to day rather than thinking, I just want to own these great companies. I want to own the great companies of Australia and around the world. I want to own them forever. Mm-hmm. And all I'm going to do is they're going to send me a dividend check every, every quarter or every six months. I mean, they're not actually, it's going to my super yeah. fund, but think of that. They are sending me a dividend check. I'm going to credit that to my bank account. Thank you very much for that dividend check. I'm going to go and spend that money. Mm. I don't care what the share price does. I just don't care what happens day to day. I don't care what happens year to year. I know that those earnings will go up over time. Because of that, my dividend, my share of that that they're paying me out will go up over time. Mm. And I will be able to spend more money each year as I need to in retirement. Let's wrap up there. Thanks Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Money Over 50 podcast with Money Over 50 Financial Advisors. We look forward to catching up again soon.